0: Good morning. Welcome to another episode of Smashy Business. I'm Lubna Hello,
1: And I'm Richard Fitzgerald.
0: And we're back from the Web Summit in Qatar. Yeah. It was impressive, to say the least.
1: Yeah, we're back. We recorded live there yesterday morning, and because Qatar and Doha is so close, mm-hmm. we're mm-hmm. in here today, and it's uh, it's still happening. It's still uh, happening Today's The last day. Last day. Yeah. Uh, we were both super impressed.
0: Really impressed, and it's great that you know they do it so well because for journalists and media they really give them that respect we had a whole media village press conferences happening in the media village exclusive to media only um, I felt really nice, Richard, you know, being respected as a journalist, as Cater- opposed
1: to... Catering from the W Hotel and, and you, know, <laughs> <as opposed>
0: to, <laughs> uh, you know, as
2: opposed
1: to, you know, as I joked yesterday, it's, how, it's because you respect people as well, Abness, so you get it in return, <laughs> all, all, your, all your victims.
2: I mean-
1: uh, <laughs> but no, you're right. I look at, I fair played like 160 people over from Ireland, And they all walked around and they told us there's a press conference happening in five minutes like it's on the app but they told us who and we we switched our seats we listened to the press conference we went back and uh, really well managed like and you know one of the the acting md of uh, web summit qatar adam conan took me around a, a walking tour and he just explained like how they had to, how, what they wanted to do that was Web Summit-esque, and how they're going to do it here, yeah. and all the different things that the uh, considerations they took into place. It was very busy, but we you weren't fighting for a breathing room. You could go, you could get into talks, you could,
0: exactly. you could
1: move around. I mean, you know, you and I who who were who were find business people inspirational. Uh, the access that we had uh, in the media space was pretty amazing you know from, yeah. from the yeah it was just pretty amazing right it was
0: incredible you know uh fadi Ghandur was there princess lamia uh, of saudi was there uh, I, we bumped into ayman hariri uh, it, I met some
1: uh, media Kevin, greats, Kevin Mayer on the plane, the, the future CEO of Disney, no, the, <laughs> <laughs> the former future, whatever, yeah, the now runs Canal Media, and also Robert Kinsel, who's yeah. the global CEO of Warner Music, formerly yeah. of YouTube, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I just seen a photo with Mark Reed, the global CEO of WPP, they got the big names, Lovna. they really did, and they put pressure on people to come, uh, the big business names to come, and, you know, the they, 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 you, you couldn't have been, couldn't have but been impressed with the event.
0: Definitely. And you mentioned a great point. There was branding all around the city and they really embraced that event. Totally,
1: yeah. And like Qatar did get behind it. You know, they signed a five year deal. Uh, Sheikh Jassim had the modulus there. He would, you know, they launched the $1 billion fund that we talked to a, a, about at Lent. But they, you know what? I also, you know, we've obviously been doing Love and Doha for a couple of years now. And I don't know Doha at all, relatively mm-hmm. to Dubai. But what I like is that the new districts that they built, just like Dubai has City Walk and other places, Doha then used those uh, destinations as canvases for the. So they had the first night, uh, uh, night summit yeah. at Mashraib, uh, where Sheikh Musa has a design gathering area. Yes. And then they had the second night summit at. Uh, the uh, Mina port, so Mm -hmm. it's uh, more traditional and it's colourful, it's by the water. And then the third night, last night, was B12 Beach, where they had a huge drone show of Web Summit Qatar, uh, which leaked on social media beforehand. But, you know... No way. Yeah, but they (laughs) really... uh, Because you can't hide practicing drone shows, can you? Exactly.
0: (laughs) I love that. No, it was amazing. And it was the largest ever gathering of startups in the Middle East. There were over a hundred, sorry, over a thousand startups. 31 of those startups. uh,
1: 31%. 31%,
0: 31%, sorry, are female-founded.
1: Yeah, huge. And I want to give a shout-out to my partner, Transparency. Hams Fati has launched her own business today, HamsHair.com, another female founder, with an inspiration to give 2.5% profits to other female founders. And Adam, the acting MD, the lawyer for Web Summit, told me that when they launched the female track, when they, what was it called, the females, they had a separate stage for female entrepreneurs females in tech. When they launched that a few years ago, that has now become its own community. And right. and that's that decision to give a whole stage in programming and a whole area just for female startups to be separate to all the other startups right. has made uh, has created a whole new community within web summit so it is great to see and to see it happening in the middle east when so many people say women don't get a fair chance here you know yeah. it's it, they really do and do. and yeah. it, and, it, and it and it's good to see that, that sort of alignment between qatar and the web summit and and the the representation of females on stages, And you know what, Lubna? I didn't feel it was forced. I didn't feel it was quota hitting.
0: Exactly. You know, And
1: some of the conferences I go to other parts of the world, like, it feels like a quota. You look at the panel, there's six people, and there's three men and three women. And it feels like you're just ticking boxes here because you're afraid of that photo that looks bad or that one comment.
0: That's a great point that you're making. And I think they have a a better chance at making it here in the region now as opposed to the US. You know? They preach women's empowerment, but we, we have parking places just for uh, pregnant women. D- d- they don't have that in the U.S., you know what I mean? It, it's, it's those small things, from the parkings to how female founders are treated here. They are treated with, with respect. Um, Sarah Al-Madani, who, you know, I have a, a little bit of a, a different opinion about her, but she did say something great the other day uh, at another event. She said um, she was uh, on the board uh, of the Sharjah uh, Cultural uh, what was it? Anyways, she, she entered the boardroom. Uh, there were men fighting in the boardroom. She entered with, with a female colleague. And she said the energy just softened immediately. Um, that's how it is in, in the Arab worlds, isn't it?
1: As in softened positively Softened negatively.
0: positively. Yeah, yeah they, they were fighting, they were shouting, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then as soon as the women uh, entered, like that. Yeah, yeah. there is that level of uh, you respect, know, calm. Res- <laughs> respect <laughs> that women uh, deserve.
1: You know, other yeah. people say women are more intelligent. I don't go deep on the gender stuff. I just yeah. think uh, everyone should have a fair chance. Absolutely. And that number, that 30.1% is good. And. You know, like other metrics. Like uh, Adam again told me that on the first day, the QI invest in Qatar. What's it called? Mm. I, I Q, in, Qatar Invest Qatar, QI
0: Qatar Invest. Yeah. yeah so
1: they had a hundred business registrations on the first day. Mm. We were having lunch yesterday in the media village, sponsored by Dubai uh, Qatar Doha Media City, mm-hmm. and they, uh, the gentleman and the lady beside us, uh, asked us where we were from and. We said, well, we're, we, we, you know, we haven't got a license yet in Qatar. Yeah. We do PRO services and we, you know, we, do, we do it remotely. And they said, well, if you send an email today before you get on your flight, yeah. you're going to get this amount of discounts, mm-hmm. equi- equivalent to $50,000 over the next five years mm-hmm. with free licensing. And that's an incentive just because of the Web Summit. They are trying to attract people there. Uh, there was an app called Snu- Snunu. Noon um, in the middle, S and U at the end? Yes. Ha, snu, nu. Snunu. nu. Yeah, I snunu. remembered it because of yeah. N-O-O-N in the middle. Does, mm. Is nu an Arabic word?
0: I have no idea because the, the Gulf dialect is different to it the... could be a kind of a
1: slang, yeah. we, we
0: need to get Alibaba back we on the show. We need Alibaba
1: on the show, yeah. <laughs> uh, is he in the background? No, so, but I think, um, you know, there's a, a Qatari entrepreneur, very well spoken. They're profitable. They're a competitor to Talibat and to Deliveroo. Yeah. And um you know, there's other companies that really want to, there's people, founders who are moving there, you know. Uh, we all talk about Dubai being having competition from Saudi, but mm. hello Qatar, right?
0: Yes, hello Qatar. It's the
1: first time you've grown up in Dubai. It's the first time you've been to Qatar and you were impressed.
0: I was really impressed. I did not expect it to be like that. It reminded me very much of Dubai. Yes, much smaller but uh, than, than the UAE, but it was really impressive. The, the infrastructure, the, the architecture, um, the... You know, even the the service, the food, mm. the restaurants. You've got like Zuma, you've got Robertos, you've got all those places. The nightlife is really happening yeah, uh, there as well. So yeah, it's Yeah, And quite all the hotels and impressive. the
1: brands. They say though that it's not as busy yet as they hope. But I mm. think with things like this, with attracting livability and startups and stuff like that, I
0: would go back for a staycation. Wow. Honestly. Wow. Yeah. That's yeah.
1: that's in, that's in, in, impressive. Like because they do have tourism offering, you know. Definitely. But I was running on the Corniche, uh, and I dropped one of my headphones. One of my beats fell out—the <laughs> little things. Yeah. And it trickled along. You know those kind of nightmare moments where it trickles. You're like, oh, I'll just pick it up, and then it exactly. keeps going, <laughs> and it finds the one tiny crevice of these massive big boulders. And I didn't get it back. But what I learned was three fishermen, loads of, loads of fishermen out yeah. going for the morning walks, really right. nice, right. and all from <laughs> India. And they came over, and they tried to help me. And they each went to their car and back with another rod hook. We didn't get it. But one guy told reminds me reminds last... me of
0: Dubai. Back in the day, right? Everyone is busy now, but that—that's what people would have done in Dubai back in okay. the day. I love that Doha still has that kind of authenticity yeah. and yeah. closeness. Yeah,
1: yeah. And they—they they all came to help. And they—I was like, I'm—I'm I'm wasting your time. And they're like, No, I'm just going for a morning walk. I'm chill, uh, just for fresh air. He said, and you know, but he told me that one of the guys told me that uh, he kind of said all the money they have here that. These boulders. This, this is the new corniche. There was no corniche. I'm not from, co- totally familiar with the geo, uh, with the landscape of Qatar, but this is the new built corniche, and mm. it's got big boulders. It's got the sea. It's got the bay area West Bay.
0: They worked on it after before the World Cup, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah
1: for the World Cup, and then and they said that these were a special air freight transport BA out of the UK. So the construction of the cement is a British company who won a contract, right? Who then these things were heavy. Three men couldn't move it a centimeter. All wow. shipped in, or it's not the wrong word, all airlifted in on a, on a we we'll talk about Boeing, but on an aircraft into Qatar. And basically the UK built, a UK construction company built these big slabs, do you know what I mean? And I, just, wow. I just thought it was quite fascinating that uh, there's, there's uh, international commerce at work.
0: Um, Definitely. Absolutely. I want to go back to, before we talk about Boeing, I want to go back to uh, a very special moment at the Web Summit. We were talking about women's empowerment. And Princess Lamia, uh, Princess Lamia bint Majid al-Saud, she's related to Al-Walid ibn Talal, of course, and leads Al-Walid Philanthropies. She was asked at a press conference uh, how she feels about Saudi's transformation. And she called it a relief. Mm. It was an interesting choice of word. Uh, And she said Finally, for the first time, Saudi has a young leader who speaks the same language, uh, I quote, uh, the same language as 70% of the population. Saudi has a very young population, the majority. Um, She said he's making our dreams come true. Mm. And she was referring to uh, not just women's empowerment, but she's very active uh, in pushing for women's rights. I remember interviewing her a couple of years ago, and we we had it on the cover of uh, Arabian Business back then. And she said, where are the doctors Where are the lawyers? Uh, All I see is influencers. No way. Yeah, she had a dig at influencers. She's incredible.
1: <laughs> That's amazing.
0: She's really. Yeah, I think Saudi is
1: having uh, many different professions now. Mm. You know, they're, yeah. they're, it's, it's there. Yeah, but I, I know I know the point she's trying to make that young people want to be influencers. Yeah,
0: exactly. Um, speaking of influence and making a buzz on social media, Heinz, let's talk. It, it's fun. It's a fun thing. You sent it to me today. Fun thing to talk about on the show. Heinz did a publicity stunt. Heinz Arabia. I love that it came from the region as well. They launched uh, the, the world's first ever ketchup insurance policy to alleviate the stress and inconvenience of everyday ketchup spills, splatters, and splotches. It covers 57 different types of claims. It's uh, brilliant. They said, We understand the emotional and physical uh, toll of a ketchup calamity, uh, but we also understand that if it's worth the risk, it has to be Heinz. <laughs> We're going to do something similar yeah. for our sister brand, Love in Dubai. Yeah, Remember when I first joined, I oh, gave yeah. you that idea. Yeah, yeah, And let's just say the haters are going to love it. Yeah, <laughs> They're yeah, going to be loving it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, you know, I think you're right. Like brands who are quite creative who come up with things like they're owning the, it's just a nice to see creative activity. There's a Heinzinsurance.com website. Mm-hmm. They're, they're doing a lot of PR across the region. Uh, We've put it on Smashy Business, and, um, yeah, I I think it's just creative, isn't it? Yeah,
0: Yeah. it's really creative. Um, I love it. Yeah, just reminds me. It's it's giving Mad Men uh, vibes. I don't know why I'm speaking like Gen Z. It's 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 been affecting me.
1: Well, Mad Men. You mean not, I don't think Gen Z know what Mad Men is. No, no,
0: but they they use this like it's giving. Giving vibes. I, I think okay. the the producers are gonna laugh at this uh, okay, in the, in the background. Vibes. Okay, yeah, cool. Fe- feeling a bit old here, but anyways, um, speaking of <laughs> old as well, one of the oldest. Companies uh, for properties here uh, in uh, the Middle East, and the UAE, is EMAR properties. Uh, they don't even need an introduction. Um, a Russian friend of mine visiting Dubai was like, well, what is EMAR? Uh, She's like, I'm seeing the signs everywhere. And I said, well, basically, they built this little city in the city called Downtown. Yeah. Um, And they launched, um, let me get it here, let me get it right. They announced today the launch of two new developments, the Heights Country Club and Grand Club Resort next to the Oasis. Uh, The total development value is over $26 billion. It's a big number, but it's EMAR, so Mm. it's granted. The interesting thing is the word uh, club. There are so many private clubs uh, now popping up around the city. Richard, are you are you a member at any private club? Soho House Arts Club. I'm not. No. Are you? Would you be interested? What What are your thoughts on on these clubs? Because some are, some say they're really overrated, pretentious, uh, useless.
1: I was just looking at the, how Emma phrased that announcement. I you know I think uh, a city like this, I think clubs like this should be in the city. I think we were underserved for a long time. Mm. You know, like you talked about the chess club and, you know, the one that I went to in, in H- al City. When Arts Club was announced, people thought, oh, this is going to flop. Yeah. Because Capital Club was flopping. We didn't think, you know, every hotel and every golf club is like a members club. Mm. Why would you, and every restaurant is as fancy and as exclusive. Why would you pay extra? Right. You know, in cities like London where you don't have much exclusivity, you just have sort of like, Dingy bar is a nice restaurant, but you don't. So Soho has worked, and all, home house and all these different clubs work. And in Dublin, it was a little bit more like aristocratic, you know, elderly gentlemen and mm. uh, billiards tables and stuff like that. And you know, expat wise, like in um, in Hong Kong and in I remember being in a members club in Nairobi once, and oh my god, like it was way too expat like it was only white people, it was like Mm -hmm. bowls on the lawn, it was like stale and old, like built by Brits in the 70s, do you know what I mean? So like when I moved here first I didn't want that and I like that Dubai doesn't have that. Right, There are some polo clubs but I like that the members clubs now are a little bit more sophisticated as you'd expect in New York or London and I'm glad that it took Dubai that long to have an offering that people have a certain uh that's see. let's call it that Absolutely. Uh, because uh, they're, they're pricey right um and um but i was just on a podcast with marcus smith from inner and you know what he's created over in dubai uh motor city studio city somewhere over there uh so he's basically created uh something that is like a members club there's a cafe upstairs there's a gym and things like that and, you know for me that's what i would look for something that's a little bit more as I mentioned before, a morning members club, then a right. night time one. But just explain. So I was <laughs> yeah. trying to look up the press today. So uh, what what you Emar done? Like, if you own Emar property, are you in, are you automatically a member, or is it a certain area? The
0: that information is is not out yet. It's, it's uh, pretty basic. Just it was literally announced just a couple of hours ago. It's two developments: the Heights Country Club and Grand Club Resort next to the Oasis, which is one of their. Um, new uh, developments as well. I know where that
1: is. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah they had um, they had one of the big uh, Bollywood stars at the opening. Mm. Shahrukh Khan, uh, Hamid awar right. launched it with his daughter a few months ago, and mm. it's it's actually the development. So if you think of like where we are now in, studio, in, in production city. Yeah. And then you've got uh, Jumeirah Gulf Estates. And behind there, there's an empty desert plot. Right. And more to the left, you've got Talal al Gaf and some of the lagoons in Damak. Mm. But there's a huge big area there that he's just kind of gone, I'm going to build amazing Umar villas and townhouses.
0: I'm looking forward to it. I hope the prices drop by the time they're done with that development, Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the real estate. Most
1: people is. say, like you, we had Sajan, you had him at the event recently, and most people think there's another 15% growth in the market. Mm. That's what those people are saying, but but they would say that, wouldn't they?
0: Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. Mm. Um, uh, people are saying a lot of things. A lot of things are happening. One of the big stories uh, everyone is talking about is uh, the CEO of Ryanair, uh, didn't mince his words when he spoke about Boeing. He said, there is a shit show going on in Seattle, which is where Boeing is based. Um, he's frustrated with delays in getting new planes from the carrier because of safety issues. There was that crash a couple of weeks ago. Uh, Emirates, uh, Sir Tim Clark, um, said it was their last chance uh, for Boeing, but he said it's still fixable. Uh, with, uh, with Michael O'Leary of Ryanair saying uh, they keep giving us optimistic, broken promises, and then a week or two weeks later, it turns out the reality is worse. Mm. We don't really know how many aircrafts we're going to get from Boeing. I bet you Emirates will come out with a statement sooner rather than later, again, about Boeing. People are frustrated with them.
1: And they're not holding their punches. Like, they 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 don't mind burning bridges. They're, they're saying, yeah. like, we're losing out here. Like, Ryanair have to increase their prices 10%, cut flight routes. You know, imagine if your supplier uh wasn't able to give you what you wanted Mm -hmm. and i do think i don't know how close you cover aviation there's a lady at the media section beside us yesterday with bloomberg and she handles the aviation sector i know people go deep on it in this region you can because we've got flagship carriers yeah but you know from the outside looking in if you've got a a duopoly who supply the world's uh airlines with airplanes you know namely boeing and airbus yeah then where's the where's the third supply? Exactly,
0: exactly. I I think I think Tim Clark Sir Tim Clark spoke about that as well a couple of years ago. I can't remember exactly what he said, but yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking. Right and. That's we have why automotive Boeing supply. Is, yeah. yeah, that's why Boeing is getting away with so much, right? These crashes, it, it, it wasn't a one-time, two-time thing. They've had multiple um, a series it's of... It's been a mess
1: for a while, yeah.
0: Totally. they had
1: to recall aircraft, and they—they, I think one type of aircraft that they launched, which was supposed to compete with Airbus, mm. I don't have my facts, but I think they pulled that one. Mm. Uh, but I remember reading at length in some of the good international business journals about something a few years ago at that. But like, yeah, there there's these issues and you know it, it just it just points towards more innovation in transport. You know, we are looking at air taxis here, we're just looking at other things. Like it just points to more things. And you know you see you're seeing Apple this week announce that they've scrapped plans to launch their own car. Yeah. Uh, because they they can't get as much value out of that than they can with the other things and mm. they're going deeper in AI. But if you're a manufacturing company, and if this region is into manufacturing, who knows what will come in the future?
0: Yeah, maybe maybe from Saudi. I don't know.
1: Yeah, maybe. I mean, they're doing, they're opening factories for Lucid for the cars. Yeah. Like, I'm sure China, I'm surprised. Like, the, I'm sure there's other, obviously, there's other, you know, we should have an expert on someday to talk about, like, aircraft leasing freight and, and aircraft in general. But, definitely. like, you know, the, the, definitely the two biggest companies in the world that have uh, most of the business, from a Ryanair to an Emirates. Uh, is Boeing and, and Airbus. Airbus, uh, Airbus being uh, French, the European flight, and Boeing being American. But we just need one from the Middle East and one from Asia, and then it's for a plane yep. field, and good luck to, the, yep. to those, those Fair. old Fair. Uh, parts of the world. <laughs> Joking. So, um, but yeah, just uh, uh, Michael O'Leary, he's not that well-known in this part of the world. Mm. Uh, Ryanair aren't that well-known. I'm sure people who've traveled here in Europe know that they're a the low-cost carrier, And he's quite famous in my neck of the woods, uh, uh, what did you say in Arabic? Would you understand this word if I say it? mantetti? No? My turf? No? Okay.
0: Ah, mantikti. 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 Okay. Yeah, yeah. Great. <laughs> uh,
1: new word I learned this week. So in Ireland, in, in my turf, my neck of the woods, Michael Leary is a legend uh, because of what he did with Ryanair. Yeah. And he really doesn't hold his minces' words. Mm, like mm. he's very, very aggressive.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, and <laughs> it's so much fun to, to watch. Not, not fun what's happening with Boeing, but I mean, it's just yeah. it's refreshing to see because you know so many people are media trains, and it's quite frustrating, isn't it? Um, so it's fresh and raw to to see that, and it's fun. Um, th- one quick news story before we go: um, uh, a, a top UAE official just announced, literally two hours ago, that um, uh, people in the UAE on visit visas should be able to work. It's a it's a big announcement, um, and it's great. Like Dubai is just making it easier and easier for people to come here. They're just, they're going full throttle on everything. The, not just Dubai, Dubai, Doha, Riyadh. It's an incredible time to be alive and yeah. to witness this uh, transformation.
1: You say that though, but I, I think that right now still Doha, it's hard. I mean, it's hard to get into Doha. Like they do the hire app, but like.
0: Is it it was yeah. quite easy with the with the higher app for it? us
1: yeah but yeah. like if if you're if you're from subcontinent Asia to go and live in Doha to mm. get in it's, it's still relatively controlled I don't know the exact details okay. but I know one of the, our employees here our family is based there mm. and they're not Qatari and like it's still hard to get in for her right, right. like they're still right. they're still quite strict on checks and everything mm. uh, but yeah the, the the variety of the visas to buy UA advanced because it's been uh, announcing new visas for a long time, yeah, and this is just another potential one that could be cool. There's huge demand. Casey was at an event last night, an Irish Business Network event, and the um, Trevor McFarland who runs Emir Boardroom, well-known economic think tank in Dubai, yeah, uh, with a lot of CEOs attending. He spoke and that anecdotally, and he said he was in Dublin and someone knocked on his door. He said, "How do I get out of here?" how to get out of the city, you know, wow. and like, how do I get to Middle East? And like, there, it is that sort of like, you, you could cliche and call it the American dream, but like, mm. th- there is demand for people to come and work from here. People feel that the economy is growing and they have equal opportunity.
0: Definitely. Nobody wants to go to the U.S. Um, with, there, there was a company that announced that they're looking to. Oh, Shein. Shein is looking to move um, their IPO uh, from the US to the to the London Stock Exchange. But I,
1: I I heard I saw that. But I still don't get like why. I mean, obviously they're bigger capital markets and there's more mm. liquidity. But why are there so many Chinese listed companies on the on the Nasdaq and the uh, New York Stock Exchange like?
0: Good and question. I we, we, we should get an expert to talk about that yeah, as well. <laughs> yeah,
1: ask Waleed uh, Shahabi when Shihabi. he's on. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. We're, we're having Waleed Shahabi with us uh, next week. We didn't next have Wednesday. him uh, next Wednesday, every Wednesday. We didn't have him because we were in Khattar. Um Thank you guys for listening. Uh, stay tuned for the guest interview with Saif Al-Hakim. He was a high-level exec at Samsung before leaving the corporate world. Uh, he lived in Uh, South Korea and Russia. We have a really interesting conversation up next. Um, He left the corporate world in pursuit of entrepreneurship, opened several successful companies, and now helps people achieve the same success as a coach and mentor. But with mentorship being a fad, um, why should you trust him? Find out up next. Good morning and welcome to another episode of Smashy Business. Uh, we've got someone special here with us in the studios. Um, I'm going to try to go easy on him. Please do. Uh, his name is Saif Al-Hakim. You've probably heard of him, you've probably seen his podcast. Um, you're, you're not easy to ignore, Saif. Um, you're a success coach, and you're an entrepreneur, and you're an advisor. Yeah. Um, what is a success coach exactly?
2: Helping people achieve their goals, whatever it is, whatever they set for themselves.
0: What about your goal?
2: The point for me, it's a little bit different. I'm like a bull, which means like I never stop. So I have milestones, but I, have, I don't have a definite goal. Mm-hmm. For me, it's an, kind of an infinite game.
0: Mm-hmm. Are you easily triggered as well?
2: <sighs> was.
0: Was yeah. easily triggered?
2: I, was, I would say. Not I, anymore. No, life teach you.
0: Life toth- <laughs> wow Life uh, teaches you a lot of brutal uh, True. lessons.
2: <laughs> True. So it's these days not. Mm-hmm. But before I was an emotional, absolutely an emotional person, mm-hmm. so it was an easy catch uh,
0: Yeah, I mean we, we can talk about emotion and business in in a little while sure. um, And I just want to quickly mention exactly what you've done um, Or or you can do that if, if, yes, if you would like to of course, course, like of to. course.
2: Of course. whatever do. you prefer uh, Okay in a nutshell I'm like my name is Sefer Hakim. I'm the founder of a movement called the Alpha Movement mm-hmm. I've been in uh, like over the past, I would say 15 plus years, I've been in the corporate uh, life until I reached the CMO position of uh, a tech giant company. Mm -hmm. Afterwards, an entrepreneur um, currently running my portfolio of businesses across different countries. In the sports field, I've been Mr. Olympia 2014 and in the professional team of Kung Fu. So this is me in a nutshell.
0: Okay, um, were you the CMO here or no, Russia. Russia? Russia. Russia, okay. Gavarish yeah. you speak Да? Okay, wow. <laughs> nice, impressive. So you speak fluent Russian?
2: I speak good Russian. Good Russian. And good Korean as well.
0: Korean as well. I
2: lived in Korea as well.
0: And you're originally Egyptian. Egyptian.
2: Egyptian. Then moved with Samsung to South Korea. From South Korea mm-hmm. to Russia.
0: Mm-hmm. What What was it like, um, you know, living in Russia? And do you do any business with Russia right now? A lot of people are steering clear of that. Uh, you, we had someone from Skyscanner a couple of weeks ago or last month on the show, and I asked for figures about Moscow and GCC travelers to Moscow, Mm -hmm. they didn't even want to give uh, any figures.
2: It's harsh now. Mm -hmm. It's really harsh. Mm, I have my contacts over there, of course. I lived over there over 10 years, so it's still, I consider it mm, mm, a base for me. Mm -hmm. But doing business internationally, it's very tough these days.
0: I'm not gonna ask you what contacts you have in Russia. Uh, Good contacts, yeah?
2: Of course, 10 years.
0: (laughs) (laughs) We'll leave it at that. (laughs) 10 years. Um, the you you call yourself uh, an alpha male. Yeah. Uh, your podcast revolves around being an alpha male in business and in life. What is an alpha male exactly? And are you trying to be uh, Dubai's own Andrew
2: Tate? I don't, I'm not trying to be anybody, but I just to be to put it in perspective, an alpha mm-hmm. it doesn't need to be a male or a female. It's an alpha. Mm-hmm. So since like history, an alpha is a leader of a pack. Mm-hmm. The first letter of the Greek alphabet, it's a leader of the pack. So it doesn't need to be a male or a female. Uh, okay, of course, the alpha traits of all times is the the negative ones, correct? Which is like the abusive, the controlling behavior, the egocentric, and and and. But modern days, the alpha traits completely changed. And these are the traits that I embody. And I would love people to embody, either they're males or females. These the traits are like the Alpha traits are being extremely responsible, take tough decisions, uh, fiercely determined, um, uh, responsible for the loved ones, uh, impactful, influential in the community they live in. These are the kind of traits of an alpha person, Mm -hmm. not the old ones that we all say like, "Mm, no. This being said, if you find me fiercely determined towards my goals and you tell me like that, you're an egocentric, you're selfish, you wanted to see me in that way no but i'm fiercely determined where i'm going i'm getting what i want you understand so you can mm-hmm. tell me you're okay like this yourself is egocentric okay that's how you call it but it's not it's about my persistence in getting what i want
0: what about andrew tate what are your thoughts on him
2: um pluses and minuses i would say a guy who did great things with his personal brand yeah do i agree 100 percent with what he said uh, what he say or not of course Yes and no. So it's not like I'm pro, pro, pro and rotate, or negative, negative, negative towards and rotate. Mm-hmm.
0: Do you work with individuals? Do you work with startups? What, what is your focus? And, and what do people come to you um, for help with, pr- primarily?
2: Mindset, entrepreneurship skills, and personal branding. Mm-hmm. These are the three common, uh, I would say, common themes or common verticals mm-hmm. I work with. I work with individuals. I work with universities. I do group coaching, mentorship, one-on-one, Okay, b- different.
0: Mentorship became a fad for mm-hmm. a long time. There were coaches, you know, uh, from success coaches to life coaches to business coaches. Um, people stopped taking it that seriously. Mm-hmm. It lost a little bit of credibility. How, how do you differentiate yourself?
2: The problem is okay, why I believe in mentoring, okay? Because I was a guy, an Egyptian, moving from South, from, from Egypt to South Korea and then to Russia. Mm-hmm. Russia is a hard, harsh uh, country and a harsh culture as Tell well. Tell me about it. Absolutely. So when I went there, it was pretty tough. I'm a guy coming from South Korea, headquarters of Samsung, top-notchy, with my MBA dual degree, and going to Russia. And the first thing they told me, just go sit over there, do whatever it is. I thought my career is done. And at that time, I had a really, when I got introduced to a mentor, so I had a really great mentor Mm -hmm. who really, I I don't want to say took my hand, but guided me along the path. From that moment, I understood the value of mentorship. So all over my career or my journey, I try to mentor as much as possible people. But the problem with what we see now that people start not to believe is because any second person starts to call himself as a mentor. He did something and I was trying to impose it on people that that's why he's successful, I will make you successful. No, the, there are credibility factors, your history, your journey, and success is not, could be luck. Like in a period of time, you got lucky, you became successful. The problem is not becoming successful. It's easy to be successful. The the issue is to maintain the success. Mm. So when I'm looking for a mentor for me, I have mentors now, of course. I look at the track record of being successful, a sustainable period of being successful, not a spike of success. That's why I believe a lot of people not buying into it
0: that that that's really interesting and it's interesting you mentioned Russia and it really you know I'm I'm a half Russian Mm -hmm. and when I go there I feel like I take strength from people because you know it's not easy living in Russia the the weather conditions uh, the political situation they've always been shunned as a people so I feel like they just have strong immunity and uh, and they just they, they go for it you know you you have to do what you have to do and and you do it no matter um, the, the circumstances True. but when it comes to let's talk about entrepreneurship a little bit yeah. uh, we were covering the, the the web summit in Qatar uh, it's a big deal that the web summit is happening uh, the first time in the GCC, and mm. that they chose Doha. Um, the atmosphere was amazing. Today is the last day. Uh, a lot of entrepreneurs there. Uh, we had the replet CEO Amjad Masad. Uh, we had Fatih Um When it comes to entrepreneurship, what are the pain points um, that people come to you with, and uh, and why did you opt out of the web summit Qatar?
2: Okay. The- opt out it's because the schedule is pretty tight Mm -hmm. okay Okay. the second thing about entrepreneurship i'll tell you one thing that that i would love all aspiring entrepreneurs to listen to me in this the concept of being an entrepreneur is a really tough thing it's not something easy that people jump into it but it's also
0: become a trend right of course
2: of course but become a trend because of what they see the flashy part of it okay but the harsh part they don't see it i like to explain entrepreneurship in a way that you wake up every morning doing some things and you never know when it's going to work. On the other side, a lot of entrepreneurs are getting into entrepreneurship because of motivation. I want to do something. Okay. You're being extremely motivated, in- inspired to do things. But the problem with entrepreneurship, it's not about motivation. I always say it's not a motivation. It is to be a good entrepreneur. It has to be you. You need to follow the design for success mm. not just only to be motivated in an analogy form have you ever seen a pilot sitting in the cockpit clapping for the plane to fly mm. no. like fly 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 <laughs> no right it's because of the plane is designed to fly have you seen a driver sitting in a picanto car trying to drive at 200 km per hour no because picanto is not designed to drive at 200 kilometers per hour it's exactly in business the same there is a model that works and it's deemed to succeed okay it's about the, the product ecosystem the system and structure the process it positions it to succeed a lot of entrepreneurs are moving into the direction of I want to do it it's my passion and that's it it doesn't work this way
0: absolutely I completely agree with you is it um, before I uh, before we look into that point and talk about it a, a little bit more is it Mostly uh, men you work with, or do you work with women as well? What is the ratio? Ma- ma-
2: Majorities, men. Like I would majority say like
0: 60-40. Do you think your brand turns women off of working with you?
2: Could be by the name, which I'm trying to position it as we started. And I said like an alpha could be a maiden, could be a female. OK. Okay. But of course, it's by the name itself. It's yeah, it can turn off people. Okay.
0: There was the step conference as well. I mean, a lot of events are happening in the region, and it's great to see that. But when it comes to entrepreneurs, what everyone is talking about, the the hot topic, if you will, right now, is um, raising a lot of money, burning investor money. Um, the funding has slowed down globally uh, because of the interest rates, uh, other factors, you know, at play. Um, is that one of the main Pain points as well that you see um, what what advice would you give entrepreneurs out there I mean and and think about it you know if investors are giving uh, x couple many million dollars to you know uh, 25 year olds Mm -hmm. 24 year olds how responsible can we expect them to be
2: okay number one it's okay money's everywhere so it's easy to get money Mm. okay so it's like slowing down or not slowing down it's a different topic but money's everywhere it's always a couple of conversation away from you the resources that you need um as the entrepreneurship is a hot and a trending topic of course a lot of people just have ideas mm. jump in front of investors trying to raise money and so the amount of in, uh, entrepreneurship or startups are a lot it comes to the investor side how to invest in which project and that's the thing it's not the fault of the entrepreneurs everybody wakes up in the morning have an idea i, I always say the idea is worth nothing because it's about the execution and get it, getting it into reality sustainable at the end as well. So I always say it's on the investor. He has certain criteria to invest money. Nobody's giving money for the sake of giving money. So what sure. are your criterias in giving hundreds of people in front of you your money to invest? It's an investor fault, not an entrepreneur fault. Entrepreneur fault is just because they think it's a quick money, it's a nice lifestyle. It's not.
0: That's the thing, right? And a lot of um, entrepreneurs well, I wouldn't say a lot of, but we've have, we've had instances and we're gonna put out an exclusive story about one specific startup that shut down. The founder was paying himself um, you know a very high salary. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just curious as to what people come to you for advice on. what are the main mistakes that you would tell someone, you know, an entrepreneur? Because a lot of these startups stop paying their staff uh, you know after raising True. Uh, you know you have all of these x start appraised x amount of million uh, blah 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 okay that's great but then a year later and it's um, staff are not paid uh, there's no market fit uh, no product market fit uh, blah 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 it's a fad people get affected Um, the entrepreneurs also need to take responsibility Uh,
2: hundred percent but again okay let's look at from different like what are the common mistakes burning cash on unneeded things, okay? A great office, a great uh, marketing image, uh, paying the founders first, these are all the common mistakes.
0: If you're a good founder, do you agree that you would pay yourself last?
2: Of course, I need the business to last. And in in order to make a business, in general business about people. So I need to make my team,
0: I mean, first. you would be surprised how many founders don't do that. Yeah,
2: exactly, exactly. Right? Because they get into it from a different angle. Mm. You know, like there are two different type of people. I'm doing the business for a particular vision that I want to reach, okay? There's the objective of the project. There are some people enter entrepreneurship for the lifestyle, mm-hmm. okay? I'm an entrepreneur, so I need to pay myself first. I need to look good in front of media, Yeah, but totally different angles. Mm-hmm. So, th- But the common problem is burning the cash.
0: Mm-hmm. Why should people go to you for, as a mentor? Why are you a good mentor? A lot of people call themselves coaches, life sure. coaches, as we said, it's a trend.
2: Mm-hmm. Why you? I used to have a vice president in Samsung who used to tell me one thing. Seeing is believing, correct? So I don't come and say I'm good because I just say I'm good. I say I'm good because my track record says I'm good. Like in the corporate ladder, I've reached top of the ladder. Mm-hmm. Entrepreneurship ladder, running my own businesses, I've reached, I would say, a great, a great level, I would say. And it's proven. On the sports level, I've reached the pinnacle as well. So track records, results speaks. And it's sustainable again. It's not like a one a click thing. Both corporate career over 10 years. Yep. Entrepreneurship, seven plus years. Sports forever
0: absolutely. How important is it to incorporate sports into your Lifestyle because we were talking with Richard about this the other day. How important is is it to have that discipline when it comes to sports and
2: I'll tell you one it's the best thing that ever I enrolled myself in I Don't want to say like in a a words that people can take it wrong, but it makes you a totally different animal Mm. teaches you discipline perseverance never back down I, from sports, I believe one of the traits that sports uh, made it to me super deep is that I accept and I love challenges. Right. I was in like fighting sports and I was in regular fitness sports. Both made me, I love challenge, I thrive on a challenge. Th- challenge doesn't push me back. So plus the discipline, plus, 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 it's the best thing that I love people to enroll in it.
0: Mm-hmm. Do people come to you with um, problems, you know, stress problems? Like we had a sleep expert on the show um, a couple of weeks ago, and um, she works with everyone from toddlers to, you know, 60, 70, uh, 50-year-old CEOs who can't sleep from Mm -hmm. the stress, and... I actually worked on a story last year about CEOs addicted CEOs in Dubai and high level execs addicted to sleeping pills, addicted yeah. to Xanax. One of them said, "It's like a Panadol um, in my bag, you know, in, in my pocket, in my bag, in my car. It's everywhere. I just pop a pill." And one of the headlines was, "And this is what w- one of the people told me." He said, "My doctor said uh, if you don't take Xanax, you're going to end up having a heart attack." Mm-hmm. And he said, "I would rather." Uh, have a Xanax addiction than have a heart attack. Do you get people like that, or do you get, do you get more of a younger um, crowd? No,
2: actually, both crowds. But for me, it, stress is a byproduct of what we're doing in life. So it's, you're not running away from it. It's how you cope with it. It's what differentiates people. And I always say to people, going to like, drugs, drinking, whatever it is, it's, it's not the way of doing it. For, for me, I'm stressed, mm. always stressed, okay? But stress is, means that I'm outside of my comfort zone.
0: Sure, Okay. Sure. So
2: I'm, I know that it's I'm growing. It's life, right? True, and it's outside of your comfort zone. So it's I'm growing 100%. Mm. So I accept this. How do I deal with my stress? I have a couple of rituals, and everybody's different. Some people meditate. Some people do yoga. Some people do running. Mm. Uh, Iron Man, Richard, of course it's a way of coping with his stress the same for me I do I have my sports I have my reading rituals it takes away stress from me Uh, I have my walking rituals so there are a couple of rituals that you can cultivate that takes away the stress from you not drugs not drinking for me like I don't want to label but it's the easy way Mm, taking the sure. pill, taking the uh, drinks—it's the easy way. Sure. Yeah, then, if you decide to take the easy way,
0: disclaimer: prescribed oh, drugs. Yeah, of course, <laughs> Prescri- Yeah, of course,
2: of course.
0: Um, so you rely on sports, and uh, you're, you're being very diplomatic because I'm, I'm trying to find out mm-hmm. exactly who is your who is your target audience um, and and some of the some of the main. 20, uh, I would say yeah, twenty to
2: thirty-five like if you were talking 20
0: about to 35 20 to 35 okay
2: majority interesting
0: majority. interesting number um, because you had uh, x amount of years experience in corporate, mm-hmm. you were around that same uh, age True. Uh, group uh, how old were you when you went into entrepreneurship when you launched your own business
2: okay i'll tell you a story because i thought start, i started my entrepreneurship journey way when i was in corporate
0: while you were in corporate. Exactly. Okay.
2: And why this happened? When I was in South Korea, I moved from Egypt to South Korea through a challenge. Also not, I didn't want to go. So it was through a challenge. I took the challenge, went to South Korea, became part of Samsung. And when I was in Samsung, I was in a high flyer. I was in a super, super duper person in Samsung. After a couple of years, HR called me and said, "Safe, it's time to go back to Egypt. Mm. Okay. And at that time, I didn't want to go back. Why? Because I love the international exposure, the experience, and I wanted to continue. Plus, I see all the appreciation coming from my management. So I looked at the HR and I told them, I'm not going anywhere, I'm staying in Korea. Why? Because my VPs, executives, want SAFE to be in headquarters. Hmm. The guy whispered into my ear, said, SAFE, put your ego down, I can replace you with an empty chair in two seconds. Wow. And this completely changed my life. I said, I will never be replaced again. Even by people. In my work, partners, relationships, whatever it is. So I do everything that I will never feel that I can be replaced. Which means in other perspective. When I was in corporate, when I was in in Russia, I was doing my, I would say, parallel business, businesses, testing my hands, Mm. okay? Um, I'm always personally developing myself. I have, since that day, years, 10 plus years back, I'm every day, two hours in the morning, I'm personally developing myself in whatever skill that I need to achieve my goals. Every single day. So I took this as a wake-up call, say take care, Uh, don't be replaced. And it's easy to be, really, to be replaced these days. But what we're trying to do is not to be, because at the end we are humans, we're equal as souls. Correct? But we're not equal in the marketplace. Sure. So it depends on what you do, your value. So going back to the entrepreneurship, I was always trying,
0: mm.
2: de- testing different businesses, uh, from having my own supplement brand, clothes, and, uh, cross-trading, electronics trading, whatever, when I was, even when I was in Samsung.
0: Okay. I'm not
2: contradicting because like a conflict of interest, absolutely off the Samsung business.
0: Mm. No, I like that very much, because they do say everyone is replaceable. True. You're saying that, no, actually, you don't have to be replaceable.
2: Exactly, doing your best not to be. Doing your best not to be.
0: Uh, the, let's talk about the entrepreneurship ecosystem here. Yep. It's changed a lot. Um, I've said this multiple times uh, on the show. Um, I've mentioned his name. He, he really is truly a mentor, uh, Fadi Ghandoor. We mm. saw him at the uh, web summit um, mm. two days ago. And I asked him, uh, does he think that uh, souk uh, and Kareem uh, sold out, and should they, have, um, you know, should they have gone through with the acquisition, mm-hmm. or was it a mistake? Um, and he said, you know, everyone loves saying that. Everyone loves saying Kareem could have continued mm-hmm. and actually uh, you know, pushed Uber out of the market. Um, and then listed uh, on its own. Same thing with Souk, uh with Amazon. Then he said, but the funding wasn't there. Nobody wanted to fund these startups.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, is it ch- changing, how is it changing? What, what is the main um, change that you see in the, in, in the ecosystem?
2: <clears throat> Where we stay right now, Dubai, okay? It is the most or the best place on earth now for the startup ecosystem. And you can see it from different, it's changing and it's evolving over time, 100% it's evolving over time. Mm. From You can see from the government, the funding, the, even the accelerators, from corporate support, international investments, all these come under one umbrella and it's happening in Dubai. Every entity in this country is pushing for this ecosystem to flourish. And they're positioning it as a hub at the end of the day. It's one of the objectives to be a hub for that. Yeah. Different cities around the world or countries even close by, Are trying to mimic this, and okay, they have the capabilities and and and, but Dubai is the leading in it. UAE is leading in it. Yes, it's evolving over time, hundred percent evolving, strengthening hundred percent. The amount of accelerators in Dubai, it's impressive.
0: And Abu Dhabi now as well.
2: UAE in general. Yeah, it's impressive. Support from look. They understand the value. Of entrepreneurs and startups in the overall economy of a company uh, of the country, sure, it, sure. It pushes the economy, and that's why when they do things here in UAE, they do it at the top level. Mm-hmm. So all the entities around, from the government, from the corporate, from even international investors, collecting international investors, they put all these together to make it as a hub, mm-hmm. and they're really doing it in the best way possible.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um- dubai is becoming a little bit of a little moscow
2: Mm. we've got a lot of russians coming here (laughs) there are areas even like a little moscow
0: exactly um are you working with a lot of russians and because of your experience in russia um how helpful have you found it with the language barrier you know russians don't like speaking english much
2: um
0: how has it been for you
2: it's amazing really amazing you know like when spending 10 years in russia it's mm, I would say, like, I'm kind of half Russian. So all, a lot of my contacts here are Russian. A lot of my clients are Russians. It's if I go to Blue Waters, for example, it's all <laughs> Russians.
0: Exactly, So it's, exactly. And <laughs>
2: still, like, people who want, still people coming from Russia now, even to do business in, in, in Dubai, they contact me for that as well. Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. And how are they finding the ecosystem? What, is there, it's is amazing.
2: There- you know, the, the best thing is also their community is getting bigger here. Yep. So they feel home.
0: Yeah. By
2: nature, Russians are travelers. You know, they're not the type of uh, countries that they were not traveling before. Mm. They were traveling all over, so they're used to traveling. Right. But now it's they're traveling and they're having their own community. Community is getting bigger. I, I don't remember the last uh, stats. How many? Half, 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 and uh, half M. I believe half million Russians. Mm. Right? Mm. It's a huge community. Mm.
0: It's a great. You you really do have an advantage when it comes to that because yeah. of because of the language and it's quite um, important. Uh, I want to ask you about your corporate experience because yeah. you know we we mentioned this on the show before. Uh, Mazin from House of pops mm-hmm. said it was really really important for him to have corporate experience before launching a startup, and he warns entrepreneurs not to um, you know follow someone. Uh, who set up something in California in a garage and now is a unicorn because uh, that's not the norm. Mm -hmm. Um, Do you notice that with the people who Mm -hmm. come to you for mentoring? And how important was your corporate experience?
2: True. Okay, there is no right and wrong answer. Okay, But if you ask SAFE what is the best thing for you, like if I recommend 100% I'll tell people go to corporate for a couple of years and then build your own thing. Why? It's easy to see how the process goes, the systems are set. Um, If I want to open a marketing agency, work in a marketing agency for a couple of years, see everything inside, inside out, the business model, get the process, get the contacts, know how to speak, to negotiate, communicate within this industry, and then do this on your own afterwards. That's one thing and which I recommend. The second route, which comes the mentorship part. You can do this on your own, but make sure you have the right guidance by your side like a person that walked this path before mm-hmm. can tell you how to lay the bricks correctly so these there is no right and wrong answer but the easiest way and the best way to do it is go through corporate and then
0: mm-hmm.
2: or go work with an entrepreneur
1: <clears throat> right
2: i mean a person who really you which means that be the second person in command you have an entrepreneur running have a, you have a, he has a vision that you subscribe to Build the thing with him. See how things go. It's not that easy. Then you can go on your own afterwards.
0: I have so many more questions. Sure. Um, but we are running out of time. Yeah. Um, it's been a pleasure, Saif. Um, if you can give one line um, to the listeners and the viewers right now. You're a success coach. Um, give us one line about success or maybe a, f- a favorite quote or some- something someone told you.
2: I always love to say to people, do your best to be better every single day regardless the goal that you have ahead develop yourself every single day which a statement that i love to say rack wins every day so work on yourself every day get better every single day the compounded interest of it is absolutely amazing, and you will be impressed with the results.
0: Absolutely. And you don't have to be at, at 100% every single day, True. right? Sometimes you're just giving your 50% and just showing up just is get enough. getting better every single day. <coughs> Whatever
2: it is, how big, how small, just you know that better, better, better. In a compounded way, it's going to be to the sky. Absolutely. Yeah.
0: Um, sorry, guys. <coughs> you see, safe. I showed up today yeah. for you of course. for the show. For the listeners, for the viewers. (laughs) I appreciate it.
2: It's been amazing, really. And I love the conversation. A lot of, I think a lot of nuggets were out of this conversation. appreciate it. Thank you very much.
0: Absolutely. Uh, The real conversation is going to happen behind closed doors when the cameras turn off.
2: Done. (laughs) (laughs) Done.
0: Thank you, guys. Um, listen, you you know where to find us now. I've mentioned it many times on all podcast platforms. Uh, do opt for uh, Anrami, though. We love to support a local, homegrown business. Anrami, Apple Podcasts, <clears throat> Spotify, uh, and watch us stream uh, this episode on smashy.tv. TV. Thank you.